Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Planning a wedding can be intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a custom suit right from home. Fine-tune every detail and design a suit tailored perfectly to your body and your personality, starting at just $4.99. Get a wedding suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code PODCAST to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code PODCAST. Ladies and gentlemen, boxing lovers and likers, welcome to the ultimate sibling rivalry, Bigs versus Bigs. This podcast highlights two brothers who've been debating, undercutting, and contradicting each other for years about the sweet science of boxing, and now they're finally here to settle the score right on this podcast, Bigs versus Bigs. In the blue corner, the cool, collected, self-proclaimed ladies' man, he's famous for dominating debates without raising a vocal decimal, representing the youngest sibling in every family worldwide, Christian the Slim Reaper Biggs. In the right corner, the borderline obnoxious, the man that has been rumored to be 3,000-0 in all boxing debates, the man representing for all big brothers all over the globe, Justin Big Time Biggs. Welcome, 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 my Biggs versus Biggs family. This is Kristen D'Angelo Biggs, the Slim Reaper, and I'm here to talk to you about something I spoke about before. And I hate to say that I'm right. I'm lying. I love to say that I'm right. I absolutely love it. Women's boxing does it again. This is the golden era, ladies and gentlemen. This past weekend... On the Serrano versus Cruz card, we had nothing but action-packed fights, especially the fight before the co-main, the co-main, and the main event. But there was a hidden gem, and her name is Shadeja Green. She goes by the sweet Terminator. 12 wins, 11 knockouts. She's repping New Jersey, y'all. And she put on a performance like no other. It's very rare that you see women with one-punch knockout power, but she really has it. She fought Eileen Sidarus from Sweden, a strong, tough, former world champion, excuse me, former unified world champion. And she stopped her in six rounds, delivering her her only knockout defeat. And I watched it in awe, but I wasn't too surprised because I've seen her in the gym. I've seen her in the gym and she is a dog, man. She's a beast. She is a true Terminator. So check her out if you haven't seen her before. And she's been somewhat of, you know, an uncut, not uncut gem, but she's been someone that hasn't gotten a lot of promotion and attention. But this past Saturday night, she got to prove to the world that she deserves to be, you know, spoken about with the best of them. And she'll, I'm sure she'll keep, She'll keep proving it. I'm absolutely sure she will. Uh, her talent and ability was definitely on display, and her performance had so much more to do with how good she is and not that Eileen Cedarus is not on that level. If you remember, Cedarus fought Franchon Cruz for the Undisputed, and in that fight, she was extremely tough. Franchon has punching power, and she's been on this show too. Shout out to Franchon the Diva Cruz. 
just punch and power, uh, roughness and toughness. And she was in that fight. Um, you know, it, it was it was a fight, but she was in it, and she did really, really good. So I urge everyone to take notice to Shadeja, the Sweet Terminator Green, because she's in boxing, she's in women's boxing, and she's here to stay, for sure. Next bout, uh, I have this very, very noteworthy was Alicia Baumgarten uh, versus Mechaled, uh from France. Now, at first, I'm watching, I'm like, wow, this is. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I know Baumgarten has a really good right hand. Uh, she she stopped um, Terry Harper uh, with one punch. And like I just said, it's not so often you see women with that type of knockout power. But Alicia Baumgarten is the current undisputed world champion. 14 wins, 7 KOs, with only one defeat. It was a little early in her career. And once again, she showed why she's undisputed. In the third round, she took her head off the line, leaned to her left, and landed a really good right hand on Mechalid, and it dropped her. Hurt her, buzzed her, and later on she dropped her. Her power is undeniable, y'all. Undeniable. But Mechalid, in those first two rounds, I feel like actually was winning the fight. She was catching Alicia off balance, going back, because sometimes she does switch her feet, extends her right arm out, and it kind of leaves her in an awkward position, but that's her style of fighting. She's so tough that it doesn't really seem to doesn't seem to really be a bothersome habit that she has. Man, I, I gotta give it to her. A lot of people talk about stamina and this and that, but you're gonna get tired in a fight. Anyone who's fought anybody, even in the playground, knows you're gonna get tired in the fight. Uh, you, you know, you're gonna need that conditioning. And she she did definitely show something because in the later rounds, she landed a really good uppercut, right uppercut, in the pocket uppercut, and it lifted. Mechalit off her feet and dropped her onto the ground. And I said, wow, that power carries all the way to the late rounds. It's not much you can really say against her. And you really should. You really just shouldn't. You should just enjoy her performances and know that she's coming with that bomb, like her name denotes. Um, but, you know, definitely shout outs to Mechalit because she's extremely tough, even though she got dropped in the third. They called it two drops. I thought one of them was just a, a, a kind of a push or a knock or a or a slip, but she fought on, man, and she did really good. I believe she won at least four or four of the of the ten rounds. Um, so if it wasn't for that knockdowns, we don't know what would have happened. But uh, Alicia definitely showed up and showed out. Tony Harrison, as her trainer, the former WBC world champion, it seems like she's had she's added a lot of different things to her arsenal. And uh, I'm loving it, man. I'm loving every second of it. And I just really want to see more. I want to see her progression as she keeps going on. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Mechaled, too, because I, I believe that's not the last of her. Um, before this bout, she fought Delphine Pursun and went 12 rounds of per, uh, the full distance with Pursun, excuse me, 10 rounds of Pursun, who is a person who I truly believe beat Katie Taylor. I think she did, who is the, who is the current undisputed in her weight. I think she beat up in the past. It doesn't matter. They fought twice, and Katie avenged the loss. But I, I you know, she really, she really put took her down through there. I couldn't really say that. I couldn't leave that night after watching that fight and saying that Katie Taylor really won that fight because Delphine Person brought it to her, uh, hunted her down, it was on her every second in that fight. Man, it looked like stress. And uh, knowing that Mechaled from France really, really, you know, went went the distance with her. I said, wow, this is not going to be an easy opponent for Alicia, but, and it wasn't, but 
ultimately, Alicia Baumgarten, Alicia Baumgartner, 14 wins, one loss, seven knockouts, came out on top. Currently now, 15 wins. And so uh, I'm loving what female boxing has. And I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all, man, this is the golden era for women's boxing. But you can't stop there. You can't stop there. What about the main event? What about Amanda Serrano versus Erica Cruz Hernandez? I'll tell you what. Amanda Serrano, undisputed in her weight now, which means that she has all the belts. And I keep, you're going to hear that term a lot during this episode. It means she has all the belts. She really showed up and showed out. Now, this was an action-packed slugfest that could rival even the greatest of heavyweight matches in the golden era of, uh, of boxing as we know it with all the greatest heavyweights. And if you think I'm gassing it, go watch it. Go watch it and tell me that this fight wasn't noteworthy of those fights in the past. More blood than sweat and tears. Blood cascading the face of Erica Cruz Hernandez, but it wasn't because of a punch, it was because of a headbutt. But nonetheless, there was blood everywhere, and she fought through it. I think it obscured her vision. As the fight started, I said to myself, wow, this girl's really good. She came in there, and she had an incredible game plan, which was to, every time she engaged the punch, dip her head to the right, dip her head to, her head to the left, dip down to the middle, and come over with wide hooks, because Serrano's not really known for her, de- her defense, and so, and she's a very, very offensive fighter. So every time they engaged, Erica would take her head off the line, dip to the middle, dip to the sides, and catch Alicia would uh, catch Amanda Serrano, excuse me, with big hooks. And really, she was winning. She was really winning. I had never seen anyone outbang Serrano. And I said, geez, this girl's doing it. She's doing it. But like true champions do, Serrano made adjustments. Came back, I believe it was a third or fourth round, came back in there fought longer, used her height advantage to her benefit. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. And forced uh, Erica to be at a further distance. So taking her, her head off the line from side to side and coming up with those big hooks was not as effective as the fight went on. But I still think that, that Cruz won those first early rounds. Until later on, until later on, when Serrano started to land her straight left, her right hook, her jab more consistently, her devastating body shots. And she's a really, really good body shot. A really, really good. It's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. But if you're looking for pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and use LT23 to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order, American-Giant.com, code LT23. This just in, breathing oxygen is linked to staying alive. In today's top story, if you like drinks, you're going to love Drizzly. Drizzly is the number one app for alcohol delivery, where you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, and get them all delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. Sources say that it all can be done on the Drizzly app or on drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Back to you, Tom. Body puncher. 
And so I was just enjoying every second of it, man. I'm dissecting it, but I really couldn't even take my eyes off it uh, and, and get as cerebral as I wanted to because it was just so much blood just everywhere. So much action everywhere. So much heart, man. These female fighters have so much heart, y'all. We got to give them their credit. Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor uh, last year were the only females to ever even make $1 million in a boxing event. So the history of female boxing is not, is not blanketed in, in gold and fame and endorsements like, like even male boxing is. They're doing it because they love to do it. And that's why these fights are so enthralling. When you watch them, you're watching people in there that just love to fight and they love, they want to go down in history and they want to add on. They're coming to add on to a sport that has been neglected, frankly. And, and I'm no disrespect to anyone else, but it's not really like other female sports where, you know, the, the, the performances may not be as exciting. No, no, no. These performances are as exciting and every bout with multiple female boxing uh, cards on there is amazing. So like I told y'all before, this is the golden era of female boxing. Take notice, man. Take notice of these females. Put respect on their name. Buy these tickets. Watch these events. Add them views up. Like, comment, follow these ladies, man, because they are truly warriors. And I'm loving every second of it. <clears throat> I'm so happy to be a part of it. Erica Cruz Hernandez, even though she did not, she did not come out victorious, definitely has a new fan in me. In me. Definitely did. And I can say this too. Uh, Erica Cruz, who came into that fight as a world champion, now as a former world champion, she landed the cleaner, more effective blows throughout the 10 rounds, in my opinion. Yeah, I said it. She did. She did. She had a very convincing performance. I really think, honestly, it could have been a draw. And I'd have been fine with a draw, but you know, shortly after that, they had to set up for Katie Taylor to come in the ring and they announced that they will be fighting May 20th, 2023 in a rematch in Dublin and Dublin, Ireland, Katie's hometown, where she was the one who really brought female boxing to Ireland. She pretended to be a boy just to fight. Can you believe it? I can. Because when you watch these performances, you see that, like I said, it's about glory, it's about heart, it's about the love for the sport. It's not about nothing else. And this is what happens when you bet on yourself. When you bet on yourself, you might F around and win. And these ladies are winning, and I definitely give it up for them. Give it up for all these ladies. But don't forget about Shadeja Green. She's coming up, the sweet Terminator. And soon, I believe she's going to have a title on her shoulders and around her belt, wherever she chooses, to wear it after she wins. Shout-outs to her. As we move on, we have another amazing fight, which I believe is not going to be a slugfest, but it's going to be a very violent matchup because whenever David Benavidez is involved, La Bandera Roja, it is a violent, violent performance, just downright brutal. And he's fighting Caleb Plant. I'm talking about Benavidez Plant. I watched their press conference. And I said, Dan, this is a real fight. They're not playing, y'all. They're coming for blood. This is a grudge match. These guys respect each other, but they don't necessarily like each other. And I watched the David Benavidez got up 
you know, egging, egging Caleb Plant on to fight. And Caleb's a cool dude. Cool, calm, collected. Sweet hands, Caleb Plant. He don't seem too worried. He said, I've been at this stage before. You have not been at this stage before. I've been here when I fought Canelo, says Caleb Plant. And Dave, David Benavidez's rebuttal was, you was on the ground. And Caleb said, you was on the ground too. <laughs> and I started to laugh. By Ronald Graville, Benavidez did get dropped. And he said, listen, man, that don't mean nothing, uh, Benavidez, because I'm going to put you in the hospital. So don't worry about that. I'm going to put you in the hospital, and we could fight right now if you want to. And, of course, people broke them up. But that intensity, y'all, that intensity, these men are virile, and they're ready to go in there and put on the show. And not to mention Caleb Plant is coming off of a wonderful knockout over Anthony the dog, Darrell. That's his last fight. Come after he just lost to Canelo Alvarez. Canelo, obviously, the most popular fighter right now. He came off that loss, came back, and didn't get a tune-up. Said, nope, give me another dog. I just fought a dog, give me another dog. And he fought the dog, Anthony Durrell. In a press, in a press conference, just as rowdy as his, one, his press conference with David Benavidez. And he even says it. He says, man, y'all, y'all guys are just like Durrell. But ultimately, I think that David Benavidez brings a lot more versatility, a lot more weight. He's a lot more dangerous than Anthony Durrell. No disrespect. David Benavidez, 26 wins, 26 years old, 23 knockouts, three-time WBC world champion. He's 6'1". He's huge, man. And he's, he's number five in the world, and he's coming in there for blood. This fight determines who's the next mandatory for Canelo Alvarez. And that's the money fight. That's that cash fight. You want that big bag? You got to fight your way up to fight Canelo. I don't know if it's going to happen because Canelo said he's not fighting no more Mexican fighters. I don't know if that has to really do anything, but that's what he says. He said, I'm not doing it. And David Benavidez is definitely Mexican. And you cannot sleep on Caleb Plant because he's coming off a great victory. Caleb Plant, 30 years old, number six in the world, right behind Benavidez. 23 wins, 13 knockouts, and his only loss is to Canelo Alvarez. He lost that fight in the 11th round. It took Canelo 11 rounds to wear him down and and make him vulnerable enough to take him out. But he's still a very tricky boxer. He made Canelo look, you know, a little suspect. He made Canelo's defense, his incredible defense, look suspect with his speed, his trickiness, his versatility. You know, but if you're listening, Caleb, I'll tell you this. Brother, i tell you this. Learn to slip to your left and to your right. Your orthodox fighter, do not just slip to one side because you leave yourself a target, obviously, for the left hook. I'm really hoping you learn that from your fight with Canelo. You got hit, after, you got hit with a lot of left hooks. Don't want to see that happen again. Left, left hooks, and once you duck down, and right hands over the top, right hands to the body. But I'm sure he'll make those adjustments, man. And to get under David Benavidez's skin, guess what Canelo starts, uh, guess what Caleb Plant starts talking about? He says, man, make sure you're on weight one because David Benavidez has a history of forfeiting his belts because he can't make weight. And two, make sure you pass your drug test. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That hurt. Those hurt. Trust me, they hurt. Boxers don't like that when you talk about their shortcomings. And, and, and David Benavidez surely didn't like it because he stood up and, what's up? What you want to do? 
we could fight right now. What do you want to do? And, you know, as Caleb pushed that button, he got exactly what he wanted. He got that, he got that reaction out of him. And there's something else that happened during that press conference that I'm not too used to seeing. I heard the father of David Benavidez talking directly to Caleb Plant, calling that man out his name. So this is a grudge match. This is definitely a grudge match. Not to mention, not too long ago, David Benavidez's younger brother, Jose Benavidez, and Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The whole crew ran down on Caleb Plant and Caleb Plant's, I think it was Caleb Plant's gym, confronting him about comments that he had made in the interview. And you know what happened? Caleb, Caleb yo, man, Caleb got heart, man. A lot of heart. He's not, he's, not, he's not here to play games with nobody. And he defended himself. And I think it was about two against about eight. And, 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 before, and before the video was over, he swung on. He swung on somebody. I think he swung on Jose. Ready to fight right there, man. So these are the fights that I love to see. These are the fights that show the real, the real core of boxing, what it's really all about, champion versus champion. Guys that, are, guys that go in there really for their legacy. And Caleb's not known for his power, man. He's not known for his power. And fighters are not known for their power. And they still go in against dangerous guys with, what, close to 90% knockout ratios like David Benavidez. I really give them my respect because it's more than likely they're not going to get a knockout victory. They're not going to be able to hurt their opponent so bad that they can't continue to fight or that their opponent changes their game plan. He's planning on going in there and outboxing them for 12 rounds, I believe. But, yo, I'll tell you this. I think David Benavidez is unboxable. I think he's unboxable. And I don't say that about many people. That game plan is kind of like it plays into his hand. If you watch when he fought Kyron Davis two fights ago. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It took him, I believe, seven rounds to stop Kyron Davis, who was, who was in fact, a short-notice opponent and a short-notice opponent and is a stablemate of Caleb Plant. They train together. But it seemed like he wanted him to move. He likes when you tire yourself out and he just walks you down. And because he's so big, he gets big after the, after the weigh-in. It plays right into his hand, and you won't be able to absorb those punches once he goes to your body, lands those jabs that pop your head back. You run, you're moving around, and he's pop, 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 walking to you, hitting you, breaking you down. It kind of seems to play into his game plan, but maybe Caleb Plant sees something I don't see. So I'm looking forward to an amazing fight between those two, for sure, for absolutely sure. And his father, David Benavidez's father, was saying certain things. And, 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 you know, Caleb Plant alleges that uh, Benavidez's father uh, is, is, is saying and doing certain things that are against Caleb Plant's family. 
And that's why I was saying, I'm not really used to that. I don't know the extent of it, but I would surely hope that we're not taking it that far because, look, there's a lot of honor amongst boxers. We are modern-day gladiators, so I really hope that we're not taking it to anywhere that would, that, that, that would really be the meaning to the sport. So I hope these, you know, these, these, these allegations are just that. They're just allegations, and they're just alleged, and they don't really amount to anything but that. And I watched both of their fights, last fights in detail. David Benavidez, who fought David Lemieux. David Lemieux is an absolute monster. He goes in, he comes for blood, gets under shots, comes up with his left hook, I think maybe his best his best punch. He comes in throwing all his weight into his shots, haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. He's not in there to go the distance. He's in there to knock you out. And guess what David Benavidez did? Stopped him in two rounds. Dismantled him, completely and utterly dismantled him like I've never seen him be defeated before. Once again, reaffirming to me, La Bandera Roja, the red flag. When he comes in that ring, you're probably going to see blood. You're probably going to see a different fer- version of the fighter than that he, you're a different version of his opponent than you're accustomed to seeing. Because when he gets in there, he brings something to this to sport and the weight and the super middleweight class that's not. It's not ordinary. It hasn't been seen before. He's a very special fighter, one of my favorite fighters to watch. Every time he fights, I watch it, and I watch it over again. I study what he's doing because that man is incredible. I also watched Caleb Plant's last fight versus Anthony Durrell. He didn't get a tune-up. He went in there and fought Anthony the dog Durrell who had choice words to say about him, took the test, hit him with a double hook, knocked him out. Cold. Cold, y'all. And Anthony Durrell is a tough dude, man, who beat cancer and got back in the ring and got back on top. And Caleb Plant took care of him. Put them paws on him. Put them paws on the dog. But that fight was just that. It was a very good fight. It wasn't a it wasn't a dismantling performance like David Benavidez versus Lemieux. It was a really good fight that led up to a spectacular knockout that I don't think anyone saw coming. But except for Dennis Douglas, Mama's boy, we was in Vegas with him. He told me. He told me. He said he's gonna knock Anthony Durrell out, and I laughed at him. <laughs> I laughed at him. I said, what are you talking about, man? There's no way that's happening. The guy got 12 knockouts. What are you talking about? He said, nah, I sparred him for the fight. I sparred him. He's going to stop Anthony Durrell. And I thought it maybe it was because, you know, they didn't like each other. But no, it wasn't that. He said, no, he's going to stop Anthony Durrell. I'm telling you, he got better. He got a lot better. So I'm waiting to see just how good has he gotten. Has he gotten good enough to be the first guy to, to, to show a chink in David Benavidez's armor? We will see. We will see. The question marks I have for this fight is, man, you know, Caleb Plant, when you fought Anthony Durrell, I saw you get hurt a couple times. I, think, I thought he got stunned. He got a little wobbled. 
during that fight. And it was very competitive. It was pretty close. I didn't think anyone was getting knocked out, but you definitely shocked me with the knockout. But I want to see what's up with your defense. Has your defense gotten better? You got the tricks of the trade. You got the movement. You got the swag. But is your defense enough to withstand those incredible, super sharp, stunning jabs and body shots and uppercuts and incredible variety of punches and pressure that that Benavidez brings to the table? Will it be enough? I don't know. I don't know. When I watched Benavidez fight Lemieux, the more defensive Lemieux got, the worse it got for him. Look, man, my expertise tells me when you fight a guy like David Benavidez, you got to bring the fight to him and show him something that he's not used to seeing. Go to his body, go to his head, and beat him up. Because if you don't, he's going to beat you up. And nine times out of ten, he's going to knock you out. So I don't know what the skill set particularly is what Caleb Plant is planning for, but I tell you what, please learn, slip to your left, slip to your right, and with that great left hook that you have now, pair that with an overhand right, straight right hand, overhand right and some body shots, and then we may have a really great fire on our hands, guys. We may. There's another potential bout. It hasn't actually been confirmed yet, but it has been announced. It's been confirmed by one of the fighters, but it hasn't been announced yet. It's Errol, the true Spence, versus Keith Thurman. Keith, one-time Thurman. And I love this fight. I love this fight. Even though I'm not getting my, my goat bud versus the truth, I'm not getting Terrence Crawford versus, versus Errol Spence Jr. For the, for, the, for the new true king out of welterweight division, we're still getting an incredible matchup. And this is the kicker. It's not going to be a welterweight, they say. It's going to be at junior middleweight. It's going to be at 154 pounds instead of 147 pounds. So what are we in store for? Of course you want to know what I think, right? I think that Keith Thurman has, has an incredible amount of heart. Why well, I say that? Because in that welterweight division, there is no better body puncher then Errol the True Spence. He does it time and time and time again. He goes viciously to that body and is a volume puncher. And if Keith Durbin is Superman, body shots are his kryptonite. Mario Barrios hurt him with a body shot. Um, My man. Uh- Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, what's his name? Uh, Louis, Louis Colazzo hurt him with a body shot. Uh, Manny Pacquiao hurt him with a body shot. Josecito Lopez hurt him with a body shot. He always gets hurt with body shots. And he's going up against the most brutal body snatcher in the welterweight division right now. So I'm wondering what's going to happen here. I'm thinking Errol Spence is probably going to batter him up and beat him up. That's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, I was watching the interview, Regis Progress, who we had on here, Rougarou, and he said, look, man, he thinks that Errol Spence is going to take it because of the lack of, in, the lack of activity in Keith Thurman's camp as of recent years. I think he had uh, surgery. He went through an elbow surgery, and he has been on a hiatus, but now he's coming back to fight Errol Spence. He did just defeat Mario Barrios. He surely did. 
in great fashion. Even though he got hurt with that body shot, he beat him, and it seemed relatively easy for for a man who's kind of inactive. But I can't I can't see what in the world uh, is is really is really driving him to take this specific fight, knowing that he always gets hurt with body shots. Errol Spence is is a great body puncher with either hand. He punches incredibly hard to the body, especially and to the head. His last performance, he broke your Dennis Ugas' face. Broke his face. Battered him up. He did get hurt, though. Errol Spence got hurt with an uppercut and then a follow a right hand that followed up. He got buzzed with an uppercut, and it kind of seemed like he knew where he was for a second. And the right hand woke him up, and he bounced off the ropes and got back to business. Later on, stopped your Dennis Ugas. But nonetheless, he got hurt. Maybe that's something that Thurman's looking at and saying, got him. I can exploit that. One thing that he will bring to the table is lateral movement. Keith Thurman is a mover. He's a power boxer. A phrase coined by Jack Mosley, Shane Mosley's father. He's a power boxer. He thinks, he thinks, he thinks. He comes in with those hooks, those body shots, ducks under, ducks under. And I can see how that can be an issue for Errol Spence possibly early on. But Errol Spence fights long. He breaks you down. He follows you. His defense is uh, underrated, I believe, because he fights so long and because he's not afraid to take steps back with his pressure, mixing his pressure up with those steps back. His footwork is okay. <clears throat> it's decent footwork. But ultimately, we fight for 12, 12 rounds, y'all, in championship bouts. That's why boxing is the most difficult sport, sport on earth. Scientifically, on paper, it's the most difficult. You fight for so long. That's one-on-one. Nobody's coming to save you. There's a ref in there, but I've seen people get beat up and and, and ultimately end up in comas and not wake up, not be the same, die because of this sport in these 12 rounds. And when you're in them trenches, when you're in that deep water, a lot of guys tend to drown, especially against vicious body punchers because that takes your legs out. Let me tell you, have you ever been hit with a body shot, a good body shot? I have. First thing you think about is getting out of there. <laughs> First thing that happens to you, fear, immediate fear, especially with a body shot. Hit you in your sternum, hit you in your ribs, hit you in your back. It's like, God, what am I about to do? Oh, give me a second. I seen Keith Thurman get hit with a body shot and very intelligently put his mouthpiece in his glove Move around for a while, put his mouthpiece back in his mouth. Incredible, incredible athleticism, intelligence, and IQ to, to, to pull off a move like that and not try to, you know, get out of there and stop and get the referee to do nothing. No, he did it himself. Put it, took it out, got his air, breathed, put it back in, continued to fight. He needed a second. He knew he needed a second. So, in there with a great body puncher, there's 12 rounds in the fight. But what I can tell you is that. You know, Arrow do got to be careful of the hooks because Keith's name is one time. He coined himself one time because it only takes one shot. It only takes one shot. At first, he was one time because there's only one person that escaped his power. He didn't knock out. Then he changed it and said, nah, it's only one shot. Incredible, incredible quote from him is, a knockout is created when the amount of force that a boxer lands on another boxer is more than that fighter's brain and body can take. That's what creates a knockout. 
And he says he has that power and it only takes one punch for him. So I'm knowing that Errol Spence just did get hurt by your Dennis Ugas. I want to know, I want to see if his chin will be tested in this bout. I think it may. I think it definitely may. And we'll see if Keith Thurman has done anything to fortify his body so that those body shots won't take effects like they have on other fighters who I believe are actually lesser body punchers. Another great fight. We got to see exactly what's going to happen, y'all. We got to see exactly what's going to happen. Ultimately, this year, boxing has been fantastic. Absolutely amazing. We have, you know, we have Tank versus Garcia coming up. And another potential fight. This is going to be another potential fight. Another undisputed champion looking for more. Now Yedamon Sa'inoe. He says in a Japanese interview that he's going up to fight. Stefan Fulton, who's currently the WBC and WBO champion, who just beat Brandon Figueroa in a wonderful fight, a great action-packed bout. He defeated him. I personally thought that's another fight that could have easily been a draw or could have easily been Brandon Figueroa's fight. I thought he, Brandon Figueroa probably might have pulled it off because he was the aggressor, but I'm really happy either way, with either because the fight was so good, it was so close. I'm like, yo, man, you know, you give it to either fighter. But now he, in a way, says that he wants to move up and grab those belts in another weight class. I believe this is his fourth weight class where he's a champion now. He's on a road to do things that Manny Pacquiao has done. And that's not just a comparison because they both, you know, have Asiatic backgrounds, but it's just what, what's going on right now. He's taking on any challenge and he's moving up in weights incredibly. To move up in a way, he just defeated Paul Butler to become the undisputed bantamweight champion. And now he's going, jumping up to, he wants to jump up to super bantamweight to get a fight versus Stephen Fulton, uh, a.k.a. schoolboy Steph. If you know anything about Philly fighters, they no joke, man. They have some of the best legacy in the sport of boxing. And, 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 and there's no better fighter than today, I believe, to look at, to look at the culmination of all those efforts and, and, and boxing knowledge and legacy other than Stephen Fulton. And that just shows, once again, how incredible of a monster that Inoue is because he's brimming with confidence. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. I watched his last fight versus Paul Butler, and it seemed as though Paul uh, didn't really want to, he didn't want to engage with Inoue. I don't know what he's packing in them gloves, there got to be dynamite. It's, it's pure knockout power and knockout potential because Butler was not trying to open up. And even though Butler didn't open up, and if you know anything about boxing, when a guy's moving and he's not throwing punches, it's very, very hard to, either one, get caught with a shot coming in, or two, you can easily not get the knockout. But the second that Butler gave Inouye the opportunity, Inouye took him out. He took him out, no questions asked, knocked him out, KO, body shot. I think body shot and head, left hook to the head. Dare to be great. And in a way, he's daring. He's very daring. With that fight there, I think, look, man, Stephen Fulton is big. A lot bigger than in a way, and I say that weight-wise. I was on, I was on Cool Boy Steph's Instagram 
And I said, yeah, this guy, he got to be about 140, 140 pounds walking around. I don't know if NOA gets that big, but I highly doubt it because he's just, Stephen Fultz is naturally in a bigger weight. And that matters so much. They say there's an old adage in boxing. A good big man will beat a great little man. Just size-wise. Because over time, you as you get tired, you the smaller man gets more tired over time. And, to, and the weight of the bigger man has a very large impact on the outcome of the fight. And still, in a way, doesn't care. That's how confident he is. He wants to go up another way and become champion in another way. He's daring to be great. And I think that fight, you know, being a size difference, is going to be very tough for him. And I can't really say that about Inoue too many times. Now, yeah, Inoue, I can't say that. Yo, this is a tough fight. But this is going to be a tough fight. One, because Stephen Fulton is so slick, smooth, and sharp of a boxer with that Philly background. He's a very learned fighter. Inoue's going to come in there ready to fight. He's coming for him, gunning for him. I've only seen him ever box and move one time, and that was versus Nonito Donaire, the Filipino Flash, with that incredible left hook. Well, I've seen knockout fighter after fighter after fighter. But we know where that story went. He ended up recently last year knocking out uh, Nonito Donaire in, I believe, two rounds, who was the bigger man. Now, I don't know if he's going to knock out Cool Boy Steph. I don't know. But if he carries up that power, he carries up that speed, and his underrated defense, he's very sharp, he's very slick, he's slipping punches, moving, uh-uh-uh, getting a little shoulder roll on. If he carries that up to the weight, then I think, I think he, it'll be a very hard night for Stephen Fulton. Very hard night, to say the least. But ultimately... I want to see all of these potential fights. And I'm so grateful that I saw all the fights that I explained to you guys. Boxing is back in full effect. I don't even think it ever left. Stay tuned for more boxing. And definitely stay tuned for Bigs versus Bigs. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love all the support. Check out our, YouTube, uh, our our Instagram page, Bigs vs. Bigs. We post really great knockouts, big time, big time KOs from classic boxing to current boxing. And you'll see our incredible interviews that we've already done. Please absolutely stay tuned. Once again, this is Kristen D'Angelo Biggs, the Slim Reaper. And my boxing mind is translating to you guys everything that I know and everything I've learned from all my years of boxing and all my years of being around boxing. I've been in it. There's not a memory in my life that does not involve boxing in it. I come from a boxing family. I'm a boxer myself, and I can't wait to be on these same stages of these incredible fighters. Everyone that I talked about here, I have so much respect for every one of these fighters. And I'm loving the state of female boxing. I can't say that enough. Thank you all for, for your time. Thank you for listening in. Bigs versus Bigs, out.
The Biggs vs. Biggs podcast was brought to you by your creators and hosts, Kristen Biggs and Justin Biggs. Executive producers, Leticia Biggs, Aaron Freeman, Westworld Productions, and Valerie Wright. Co-host and production manager, Chanel Blackman. Audio editor, Eric Ryloff. Opening announcement by Jack Thriller. Sound design, mix, and master, James Oliva. And special thanks to our friends and partners at Revolt TV, Aki Garrett, Patty Reyes, and JJ West. Bigs versus Bigs out. We're out of here. Bigs versus Bigs out. No, I said Bigs versus Bigs out. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.